Going to take a look at uh, a pretty interesting story that I came across earlier this week. And uh, you've probably heard about birds and their migration patterns, and it's amazing stuff. But we're going to talk with uh, a guy who's done some really deep dive work into this um, and taken a look at, you know, some of the more intricate um, parts of this, which is, it, it's fascinating. It really is. If you think about it, it's it's almost mind-boggling uh, to try and wrap your head around exactly what's going on here. So we're going to talk with Dr. Jez Smith now, um, who's done some deep work into this. Uh, Dr. Smith, thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for having me, Shay. Um, Good morning. When we take a look at this, I mean, first of all, um, th- this kind of work, how, how do you get drawn to this kind of work? How does this, you know, become something that you're sort of, you spend all this time on? I mean, it's fascinating, but what drew you to it? So it started when I was very young. I was about seven, um, and I read a particular set of books by an author called Willard Price uh, about two brothers who um, travel around the world, and they look at animal behavior, and they go and try and understand more about them. And so this kind of came, I came across the term zoologist when I was there, the <laughs> idea of studying animals. And so whenever, whenever I was at school, I was sort of thinking, right, that's what I'm going to be. So as soon as I went, sort of as, had an option to go to university, zoology is the course I looked at. And so that's kind of, that's how I got into it to begin with. And then birds and migration more specifically, um, I was lucky enough during my undergraduate degree to go to Kenya and we saw the lions and everything else. Yeah. Um, but actually, it was one of the birds. It was a kingfisher that was uh, flew right across in front of us and fed its chick it, chicks in the uh, in a nest hole. And I just kind of looked at that and thought, yes, this is kind of what I want to study. I want to study the birds and I want to kind of understand their behaviour. So, coming back from that that trip, I went and spoke to one of my lecturers, and I kind of said, right, okay, I'm really interested in birds. Don't know anything about them really, but I kind of want to. And he said, okay why don't you go and spend some time in Portugal um, and look at this particular migratory species, the pied flycatcher, small little black and white um, bird. It's only about 12 grams. Um, And he said they migrate from Wales in the UK where they spend their summers breeding. They migrate through Portugal um, and then they spend their winters um, in West Africa, in Ghana and places like that. And so I said, well, yes, of course. Obviously, (laughs) Why not? Yeah. Clearly. So, um, so that's what I did. And that's how it, that's how it all started. And now you're at a point where you've sort of put together, I don't know, it's all, it's almost like a, a stat sheet. You know, if you're reading a sports page or something like that, talking about different birds and they're, I mean, it's fascinating. So let's just go through some of this because the numbers are, I mean, what these birds are up to is mind boggling. Let's start with distance. What bird out there goes the, the longest distance every year and how far do they go? Absolutely. So the Arctic tern, this is a small kind of seabird that breeds up in sort of the high Arctic, so Greenland, Iceland, sort of northern Scandinavia. Um, and they, they breed up there and then they fly all the way um, down into southern Africa, um, down to the Antarctic and sort of areas around the Antarctic. So that's sort of seventeen to 20,000 kilometers a year um, in one direction. And they obviously then do that in the return. <laughs> and some of these birds have been noted to be um, surviving for 31 years. So if you take the amount of distance they travel each year, yeah. and then you multiply it by the 31 years, you get the same distance as to the moon and back. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's the distance we're talking. That is absolutely incredible. I mean, now, what what kind of speeds do they do? Some of 
you're telling me that there's a bird here that can go over 300 kilometers an hour? Yes. So <laughs> that's that's for a very, very short um, dive, though. So the peregrine falcon is the bird we're talking about. And these uh, these are in North America. Uh, it's in Europe um, and it also sort of in Asia. They, they sort of circumnavigate. Um, their populations do anyway. And at a dive, so at its full uh, full tilt, when it dives to try and catch something, a pigeon, for example, um, it can go at 300 kilometers an hour um, in its kind of in its dive. Luckily, um, it can't fly at that speed uh, in level flight. You know, so it's not doing that kind of past your window uh, as you're sitting there at sure, work. Yeah. <laughs> um, what about uh, heights that these birds travel at? I mean, uh, they're 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 way up there. Absolutely. So some of these birds are, um, again, these are really small birds. These are the, you know, half the size of, of a robin uh, that we're talking about. And in order for them to be able to um, fly as easily and as efficiently as possible, they want cold air because it's it's lighter and they have to use less effort. Um, and so they fly at night and they fly at high altitudes. And some of these birds um, have actually been recorded flying at the height of Mount Everest. So, um you know, over 8,000 meters um, just to make sure that they can overcome any mountain range they need to and make sure that they can fly at an altitude where um, they can still breathe, but also that they can fly um, using the least amount of energy uh, needed once they're actually there. So these are all just tremendous examples of evolution, right? And the different things that have had to happen in the actual bodies of these birds enabled to do these kinds of things. Absolutely. So you've got adaptation on a very um, localized short-term scale. So these birds, much like kind of high-altitude athletes, will uh, increase the the volume of blood that they yeah. have uh, in their body. They'll increase the red red blood cells, and that will happen over a very short period of time, so that they can enable them to do this. But you're absolutely right that it's evolution that has driven the ability uh, for this to happen. So those individuals who could um, create more blood cells, who could fly a bit higher, a bit faster. Um, they survived, they reproduced the next year, and then their offspring, if that was an inherited trait, their offspring inherited um, those abilities, and so they also bred, and they were successful, and so um, so the evolution of the species occurred so that they could adapt to these particular situations. Yeah, yeah, just amazing stuff. Hey, I got a question from a listener, and I've never heard this before, and it sounds crazy to me, but somebody says, do hummingbirds travel by sound, and do they hitch rides on other birds, or is that just a myth? Um, so they they do certainly travel. Um, I haven't heard of it by sound, I must admit. Um, <laughs> and there, there are definitely pictures out there of um, species sort of being photographed on the back of, uh, of others. It's not usually kind of the way that uh, most hummingbirds will be migrating, despite the fact they can migrate massive distances. But they actually do hitch rides, hey? Never heard that before. That's crazy. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody wants to know how long does it take them to reach that altitude? That's a good question. I mean, that's a long way up. You're traveling kilometers into the air. How long does that take? Absolutely. Um, so they are surprisingly powerful flyers. These things. So it will take it will take a couple of hours to kind of get to that wow. altitude. Um, but it's in the grand scheme of you know sort of a three four week migration for some of these species. Many of them take months to migrate, and they never really stop migrating. So um, it's kind of in the grand scheme of things for them, it's quite short, but uh, absolutely flying 
you know, at a, at a strong angle to be able to get to those altitudes uh, is definitely quite a lot of effort for these small birds. Fascinating work that you're doing there, Doc. I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with us this morning. That's interesting stuff. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. That's Dr. Uh, Jeremy Smith, who's done a lot of work on uh, migratory birds. I mean, just some of the numbers that he's throwing around. So if a bird lives 31 years, and that's how far it travels every year, 1.6 million kilometers over the course of its lifetime for an Arctic turn, which is pretty amazing. Um, just staggering. And they do it each and every year. you got to figure at some point if you're a bird, someone's going to get smart and say, you know, why don't we just stay here, right? I mean, it just, it's fine here. I'm not going to be doing the travel all the time, but they're driven. They're driven.